This is a parental guidance moment. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Sunday service. It's the world's shittest podcast, dude. The home of the hostile gospel, yet another week down. Hold on. Fucking oath cunt. Bit of morale juice for the boys. My week has been good. I hope you guys have had a good week. Thanks for joining me. Uh, wild week in Australia uh, with everything that's going on COVID-related. Just on a side note, is anybody else sick of these fucking vaccination badges that you can put on your social media to fucking virtue signal to everyone that you're a good guy? I'm on fucking team vaccine, bruh. I don't care if you got the vaccine or you're not getting the vaccine. You know, what annoys me is the virtual signaling from everybody, you know, like, I'm fully vaxxed. I'm fully vaxxed now, guys. It's okay. Like, fucking good on you, Rosie. Hey, can you share your sexual health history with us too? Can you do that? That pussy safe, bruh? Is it? Is it herpy free, dude? Because that's what the guys want to know. They don't, they don't care who you vote for. They don't care your religion. They don't give a fuck if you're fully vaccinated. They just want to know, dude, if they hit it raw, right? What's happening to them, you know? What's the risk if they hit it raw, dude? All right? Stop acting like a fucking martyr because you got an injection. All right, dude? Lockdown sending people fucking crazy, dude. I, uh, I, I used to... I used to go to primary school with this guy who ended up in jail. And uh, I, st- I follow him on social media. He's a good fucking laugh. Um, but, dude, he's, he's so funny because he's taken the absolute piss out of everyone. He's just like, bro, you got a PlayStation and a flat screen TV, cunt. Like, you wouldn't last two minutes in the fucking hole, bro. Like, your favorite restaurant still delivers food to you, bro. Cunt, you got Netflix. And, like, I just laugh, like, I like not everyone has that perspective, right, because not everyone's been to jail, but it got me thinking, imagine if this lockdown happened in the year 2000. You know, you're sitting at home with your fucking Nokia 3310 that has a character limit on your text messages. You can't send dick pics. There's no Tinder. The internet's so shit you can't even stream anything on Netflix. <laughs> you're just... You're sitting at home fucking watching Home and Away with Alf Stewart scattering his Mrs. Ashes in an emotional scene. You're like, fucking tearjerker, dude. Fucking Home and Away. What a ridiculous show, dude. How much drama can happen in one small coastal town? You know what I mean? You'd hear about that shit. You're like, fuck, I'm staying away from Summer Bay, dude. That place is wild. Floods, bushfires, people getting shot. Ah, I've been spending my week, I've been trying to exercise a little bit more this week, um, just been riding my bike, I kind of prefer that over like walking, I don't feel like walking is exercise, and running, I'm just, bro, I'm an absolute gimp, so me running would just be, I'd fucking hurt myself, I'd, I dare say I'd, I'd fucking tear a meniscus or I'd slip a disc in my back if I tried to fucking haul ass down the street, you know, um, and I don't need, I don't know who needs to hear this. But unless you're a professional cyclist, you don't need fucking Lycra, okay, mate? All right, back when we could go to cafes, there was nothing worse than sitting at a cafe and some fat cunt who rides his bike twice a week for a fucking hobby 
chains his bike up and he starts walking to get a table in his fucking goofy shoes head to toe in Lycra. It's like, look, mate, I'm here for my eggs, Benny, and now I feel violated that I've had to look at your fucking cock bulge on my Saturday morning. Lycra should be made in two sizes, dude. It's small or it's medium because that's the size of cyclist. Should be a finable offence for fat cunts to walk around in fucking Lycra. And I understand that the shorts have padding. I understand that. You don't want to hurt your bucket ass whilst you're fucking riding. I get it, dude. But would it kill you to put some fucking lightweight shorts on over the top just so we don't have to see your fucking appendix smushed into your nuts? It's incredibly inconsiderate. So I don't know if you guys saw, but Elon Musk is building a humanoid robot. I said that really weird. Humanoid. Humanoid. I had to get a little bit nerdy. Uh, he is building a humanoid robot. Um, fuck. <laughs> Good on you, Elon. That's exactly what the world needs, a fucking humanoid robot. Uh, if, like, I'll save you guys. I'll save you guys going and looking at the presentation. The opening video is pretty fucking hectic. Um, but they do, like, a live presentation, and it's possibly the shittest thing I've ever seen, dude. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'll just don't, right? Don't. But basically it's a fucking dude dancing to dubstep in a morph suit, pretending to be a robot. He starts doing like that traditional robot walk. You know, the one where it's like really like labored and it's like the robot has to think about which limb to move next. And this is how we know that Elon has too much power and too many yes men beside him. Cause he's sitting around with the marketing team and he's like, yeah, so uh, I think, you know, um, that like if, if he comes out and he's walking like a, like a fucking robot but then just breaks into like full-on fucking dance routine to some dubstep, I reckon that would really like wow the audience. And not a single person was like, fucking no, dude. No. Not happening. Dubstep? First of all, Dubstep? It's great when you've had four pingers and you're off your guts fiending for some water and some fucking chewing gum. But realistically, we all know that dubstep sounds like Transformers having a fucking gangbang. The Tesla humanoid is intended to be friendly to humans. Its duties eliminate dangerous, repetitive, boring tasks. It can run up to five miles per hour. You should be able to overpower it. These are words that Elon has used to describe this thing. Hey, Elon, have you ever fucking watched Black Mirror, dude? Heard of Terminator, bruh? What about iRobot? This is AI we're talking about. If humans get depressed doing these tasks, these cunts are smarter than humans. That's what you're making. You're making machines that are smarter than humans. You don't think that this machine's going to rage against some humans? Dude, my iPhone updates itself overnight while I'm asleep. Who's to say the humanoid isn't just going to upgrade itself and turn itself into a savage? AI is smarter than we give it credit. You ever signed up to something and it's asked you to prove that you're not a robot? I don't buy that AI can't fucking tick a box and pick a few fucking traffic lights out, you know what I mean? If AI can predict my text messages... And show me porn categories that it thinks I might be interested in. I'm pretty sure it can tick a box and pick out some fucking traffic lights. Okay? This guy is talking absolute dribble. 
I um I wanted to talk to you guys about how I got started doing stand up comedy. Uh, growing up, I always loved comedic acting. Uh, I went to an all boys Catholic school, so that was pretty much the most uncool thing you could like was drama. Uh, I tried to I tried my best to make the uh, the plays cool by turning them into comedy skits, but I don't think I ever truly realized how much I loved performing. Um, you know that like there was there was parts of acting that I didn't really like. You know, studying all the different methods and writing five thousand words on it. I thought that could you know fuck that that can suck a dick. So I didn't kind of pursue it after school because I had no interest in going to university and studying serious acting. I just wanted to be a clown. Uh, and it wasn't until I was had my first full-time job where I was pouring beers and I always felt like there was something more that I could or should be doing. Uh, and, dude, I remember, like, I remember sitting there and thinking, like, one time, like, fuck, my parents put me through private school and I'm here pouring beers till 4 a.m. to f- facilitate some cunt with a fucking gambling addiction who loves playing the pokies. And on a side note, if you're addicted to playing the pokies, congratulations, bro. You're a dumb cunt, you know? So, like, I, I just felt like there was something more that I could do. You know, and I wouldn't change the fact that I had that job because I ended up meeting someone who would go on to become my best friend, uh, MK. Uh, and after years of friendship, in 2015, we decided to go to America with one of our other mates, Perry. And... Trust me, I've got some fucking loose stories for those months that we're in America um, that might have to be saved for another podcast. What I want to do is fast forward to the point where Michael flew home. So Perry had flew home a little bit before uh, and it was just my, me and MK there. And I remember like when he, like the day flew out, just thinking like, fuck, dude, like I'm all alone. <laughs> like I'm in another fucking country. I don't know any cunt here. Um that I can just call and hang out, you know. Uh, and like a little bit of anxiety started to creep in and I was planning on travelling to Canada next. So I flew to Canada the next day uh, and I I caught up with my cousin Travis and quickly kind of got settled into to Vancouver. And just down the road there was a pub called 12 Kings. Ended up applying for a job there. That job... I didn't know it at the time, but the people that I met doing that job kind of changed my path a little bit. Uh, so Armin was the boss there, and he's like, you need to meet Johnny Paul. You'll love him. He's a comedian. And I was like, dude, I was so excited because I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. Like, I'd never met a comedian before in my life. Um, so I was so excited to meet Johnny, and the first time I met him, my initial thoughts was like, this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> He like he was just he he wasn't like being a super cunt, but he was like, "Yo, this is my bar. Like, I I run this shit. Like, kind of get in line." Uh, so I played my role. I just did what the fuck I was told. And um, I remember after work one night, we were have all having a drink, and I kind of felt like I had to prove to him that I was funny too, just because I don't know I was a young dumb dog. And we f- I found out that stand up was on Sunday nights there. It was an open mic night. So one Sunday I was like, fuck it, I'm going to come down. Armin told me to come down and watch the NFL earlier with him and his friends. So fuck, dude, I ended up getting shit-faced. And the comedy didn't start till like 8.30 at night and I'd been drinking there since 10 in the morning. Um, so I was, f- I was fucking cactus, dude. I was so drunk. 
And then like when like the comedians are asking like hypothetical questions as part of their bits, I was just sitting there like in the front row yelling out answers to their questions. And like Johnny pulled me aside. He's like, yo, dude, stop doing that. Like you're being a fucking idiot. Like that's disrespectful. They're just trying to work out material. And I felt bad, dude. I was like, oh, fuck my bad, dude. Um, and the next Sunday I ended up going back. I stayed a little bit more sober to watch some some of the acts and there were some great comedians that were performing from all over Vancouver. There was a few shit ones too. Uh, but after the show, I'd always kind of kick it with the comedians. I just loved the hang that they would do, uh, watching them bounce material off each other, break each other's balls. I love that. Um, I ended up befriending an Irish comedian called Mark O'Keefe. And after about a month of just going and watching the shows, Mark and I were drinking and I told him and a few of the comedians uh, a story about traveling in the US and it made everyone laugh. And Mark was like, mate, you need to do comedy. And I was like, fucking no way, dude. I'm like, I don't know, I've got a good story here and there, but I'm not, I'm not funny enough to be a comedian. Mark's like, you just made a table full of comedians laugh. If that shouldn't inspire you, I don't know what will. So we're sitting there and we had a few more drinks and Mark's like, all right, I'll have a bet with you. And he's just like, if you go home and write a few jokes for the week and tell that story on stage, I'll buy you all the drinks that you need to get up and do the, do the open mic. But if you don't, then you owe me a night on the piss. And for a guy who was making 11 bucks an hour pouring beers, I was like, I don't have enough money to shout an Irishman beers all night. So I went home, I wrote some jokes and uh, I remember going back the next Sunday and I was like, I was so nervous. And I said to Johnny, I was like, hey, Johnny, like I want to get on and do five minutes. And his face just like lit up. He was so excited. And I think ev- like every comedian will remember the first time that they do stand up. Because when you step off the stage, your your adrenaline is just going fucking crazy and even if you have one joke that lands you feel like you're fucking eddie murphy in his prime you feel like you're the sickest cunt so i remember coming off stage and like johnny just like patting me on the back and was saying good work kid um then he gave me advice he's like you're too erratic moving around on stage he's like there's a thing called the power stance he's like stand still own own your jokes and he offered me a bit of advice and I really warmed up to Johnny eventually. We ended up working a few more shifts and I think I kind of broke him down and I kind of got to see see the other side of Johnny. But once he once he got to know him, he he's just the sweetest guy. And I ended up going back and doing those comedy shows a few more times before I fly home. In 2017, I was working a job with one of my cousins and I think he could tell that I was just unhappy and he's like, mate, you're 26. Like, you need to fucking sort out what it is that you want to do because I can tell that this job's not for you. Like, what is it that you want to do? And I never like, to- I'd never told anyone that I wanted to be a comedian. I told some people that I did some open mics in Canada. They thought that was that was funny, but this was the first time I'd ever told someone this is this is what I want to do. I want to be a- I want to be a stand up comedian. And he kind of was just like, dude, like. Do you know how fucking funny you have to be to be a stand-up comedian? And, like, when he said that, like, it just, it kind of fucking, like, got to me. Like, it it lit a fire in my belly and I was just like, you know what, motherfucker, like, 
fuck you can't like if you don't think I can do this I'll show you that I can do this and I don't know if that was his way of having a jab at my ego to encourage me to do it um but I remember so I was living in Sydney at that at that point and ended up moving back to Canberra in, in 2018 and on the 26th of June I did my first open mic in Canberra I had a bunch of friends that were there and um the missus who I'm still with, she came out there to watch me. And I remember stepping off the stage after that open mic and I was just like, this is this is exactly what I want to do. And I met a bunch of comedians that, there that night. One of them was Taylor Coftry, um, who's one of my good friends to this day. Uh, but after after doing that set, like I, w- I went home and I had to have a little whiteboard in my room and on that whiteboard, I wrote, I'm going to sell out the Canberra Comedy Festival in 2020. And 631 days later, myself, Taylor Coftry, and another comedian, Felix McCarthy, were set to perform a sold-out Canberra Comedy show on the 18th of March. Now, some of you might be able to guess what happened in March 2020, but if your head's in the fucking sand, some cunt ate a fucking bat from the wet markets and just fucked everything up for us, so... I didn't end up getting to perform my the show that was just like such a massive goal and like a massive thing for me to tick off. And you're probably thinking, what the fuck is the point of me telling you this? The point is I had a friend that reached out to me two weeks ago saying that he wanted to do comedy, but he was scared to bomb. And it made me think, and you shouldn't be scared of, of bombing. Um, and a lot of people compare comedy to fighting um, on multiple different levels, but one thing you always hear fighters say is that they've learnt more from their losses than they have from their wins. And with comedy, that's exactly the same. When you go up and you you bomb and you're like, ugh, like the air just gets sucked out of the room and you're like, fuck. And then you quickly try to throw another one and you, and you bomb again and you're like, fuck. It is a shit feeling. But at the end of the day, you realise exactly where the joke went wrong was it somewhere in the wording of it um was it somewhere in the delivery if you change certain things about the joke you can make it better and eventually the next time you go back you hit the same joke but with a different angle and it gets more of a reaction and then finally over time you can just polish it into a into a good bit that no matter where you tell it it fucking lands but it got me thinking that if if there's something that you want to do, you should just go out and give it a crack. And like this, I'm not trying to sound like a motivational speaker. Like, fuck me, I'm a fucking Derek. So don't take everything I say literally. But if there's something that you want to do, even if your friends don't want to do it with you, you should just go out and do it because you'll meet like-minded people and you never know what, what the future will hold. If I never went to that open mic night, I never would have met fucking Taylor, who's a good fucking friend to, that, to this day. I never would have got to perform in places that, like, I never would have got to perform comedy in places and I never thought that I would have got paid to do comedy. Like, getting paid to do comedy is the fucking best, dude. And even if it's, like, 20 bucks that you get paid, the first time you get paid to do comedy, you're like, this is a fucking hole in the matrix, dude. Like, what the fuck? Like, you just paid me to tell fucking shitty dick jokes? So don't be afraid to back yourself, guys. That's what I'm saying. Give it a crack. You never know what will happen. You don't know what's on the other side of that door.
Dude, I love I love cooking food, and I'm always on the hunt for a kind of a good new recipe. And with the segment that I've called the Stockton Slap, I'm thinking about changing it to the Sunday roast, where I can just go on there and roast some cunts. Um, but I wanted to find a video of someone saying the Sunday roast and kind of making a sound bite. So I typed in the Sunday roast uh, on on YouTube, expecting to get, you know, like the old football show with Vossi and all that. And there's a video of Gordon Ramsay cooking food with his daughter. Bro, it's the fucking funniest thing. If you could put those chickpeas in inside the chicken for me with your sweet, delicate hands. That's the, that's the way. Thank you very much. And we'll put the chicken in the oven. And in the meantime, we'll, we'll make a fresh garden salad. And then afterwards, after the chicken's cooked, it, he's like, all right, darling, now if you could just pour the chickpeas into into a bowl, and what we'll do is we'll, we'll mash them up and taste some of, taste those chickpeas, darling. And I can guarantee you that they are the best, most delicious, most scrumptious chickpeas that you've ever had. And, and she eats it, and she's like, mm, that is delicious, father. And like just... In the back of my mind, I was just waiting for him to be like, aren't they the most delicious chickpeas you've ever had, you fucking little twat? I'm not actually sure if you even are mine, to be honest with you. Your mother is a whore and I don't like her anymore. That's why I get so angry at people in restaurants and take out my rage and frustration on them. Don't care that they microwave lasagna and feed it to fucking American pigs. I'm upset that she cheated on me with my best friend, Darren. Anyway, darling, back to the green salad. This guy is talking absolute dribble. Lads, I know that everyone is doing a little bit tough in lockdown. It is fucking annoying. Um, but just as if you're, a, if you're a fucking true sick cunt and you're looking to boost the boys' morale, get their dicks throbbing with morale, then what you need to do is something that me and some of the boys did on Friday night and just one of you, right? Just go out, crack a beer and skull that beer and send it to your mates in the group chat. And then just challenge the manhood of somebody else in the group chat to skull a drink and you'll see how weak-minded men are and they will fucking skull that beer and the morale will be instantly boosted. We did this on, on Friday night and there's about 14 blokes in this group chat. And I'm pretty sure if you ask them now, their dicks are still throbbing with fucking morale. You know? They had to have a fucking, have a wank to fall asleep, right? Get all that morale out of there. And it didn't work. There was just, morale was just oozing, permeating out of their body. They couldn't, they couldn't hold the morale down. Um... So if you know some friends that are struggling, just neck a beer just for them. And it's fucking glorious. It tastes delicious. And one of the boys, dude, one of the boys sculled his beer with a snorkel. Now, here's what I'll say. If you're using a snorkel to scull a beer, that's an incredibly low testosterone move. Right? That's not what snorkels are for. Snorkels are for drinking fruit beers. There's a fucking complete difference, right? You're with the boys. It's a hot summer's day. You've maybe 
seen a bit of Joe Rocker Coco, and someone's bought a 10-pack of Cruisers. So you fucking whip out the snorkel, bro, dunk it in that fruit beer, and then polish it off that way. Because that way you're not a bitch by drinking Cruisers, you know. They're here strictly for snorkels. That's when a snorkel's loud. When one of the boys tells you to scull a beer, he means scull a beer. All right? Don't fucking use a snorkel. Fucking, inc- I'll, I said it before and I'll say it again. It's a low testosterone move. And from someone who has thin wrists and a high-pitched voice, I know low testosterone, okay? Sort that out, cunts. Mate, I am currently sipping a Cooper's XPA. And here's one thing I love about Cooper's. You know, they're, they're fucking delicious beers. You know, the XPA 1.5 standard drinks, it tastes a little bit crafty. Uh, like 65 bucks for a case. And there's 20 fucking four of them, dude. Nothing is worse than... Dude, because I... Fuck, I don't... Like, I, like I've told you cunts, I like craft beer. I like normal beer. I like lagers, pilsners, fucking stouts, whatever cunt. But if you're selling me beer, dude, and you try to give me a case that contains 16 beers, you fuck yourself, all right? That's not a case, dude. You're short, all right? Round up the others, put them in there, and let's fucking go. I was chatting to the dude at the grog shop the other day. He's like, yeah, but that's because, you know, if if there's 24, then you're paying like 80 bucks for a case. And it's like, then fucking let's bang, cunt. Let's go. You know, if the beers are fucking 1.8 standard drink IPAs, I'll pay 80 bucks for a case. Tell these broke boy hipster cunts to fucking kick rocks, bruh. These, this product called Lifecycle Tincture has entered my life recently. And it's supposed to do all this fucking good shit for you. And to, to be honest, I haven't noticed much, right? Noticed a few things. Uh, I take... One, I take some drops before I go to bed. And it gives me, it's been giving me the fucking craziest dreams. The weirdest dreams, dude. I had a dream the other day that me and my friend who I've known for, fuck, we went to primary school together. We, I had a dream that me and him voluntarily on some Billy Madison shit just went back to study year 12 again. At almost 30 years old, I was like, you know what, dude? I need to boost up my education again and go back to a Catholic all-boys school. That's what I need. So me and him were there, and these dreams have been crazy vivid. Like, I could remember, this is so private school, I could remember walking through the quadrangle to get to where our lockers were. Like, I can remember, like, Lockwood on the fucking... Locker, on my locker. And my friend said to me the funniest fucking thing in this <laughs> in this dream. He, he, like by the end of the second period, he was done. He was over it. And as we we're walking to recess, he just looks at me and he goes, "Hey, dude, fuck this. Do you want to go in the toilet and have a couple of fucking Alec Baldwin's?" <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about, dude?" And he's like. Do you want to get on the bags, you know? Have a couple of Alec Baldwin's. Bro, <laughs> I had to wake up and text him the next day and I was like, bro, I just had the most random dream cunt. And he's like, what's going on? I haven't spoke to him in a while. 
It's like I had a dream you were calling bags Alec Baldwin and we were back at school. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? How does – dude, he's like, what was going on in your subconscious to align bags? My old high school going back to study and fucking Alec Baldwin, dude. And fuck, I've got <laughs> I've got no idea why Alec Baldwin. All <laughs> people like – Alec Baldwin, like, he is such an uncool cunt, you know what I mean? Like, if he's calling him fucking Tony Montana's, you'd understand, but Alec Baldwin's? Fucking hell, dude, if, if this podcast does nothing, which it most likely will, I hope that the mark that it leaves on society is that blokes are out there just calling bags Alec Baldwin's. <laughs> Bro, a few ABs later, what's going on, right? A couple of Alec Baldwins for the boys. That's all I hope, dude. I hope I don't get anything, but I hope that that, that saying now becomes the mainstream thanks to my weird subconscious. Alec Baldwin. Oh, shit, son. A bit more morale juice. You know how the fuck we do. That was very aggressive. You know how the fuck we do. But yeah, bit of morale juice, baby. All right, let's get into a bit of this. So Toddy from the Big Send and I were having a chat during the week and we came up with a little idea that we like to call Broke Lads. And it's a pretty simple concept. You place a low denomination bet, for instance, between five and ten bucks, and you put that five to ten dollars on the most ridiculous bet that you can think of. So... Think of like 10 plus legs on a multi that could be Swedish badminton into NRL, into EPL, into NHL, right? Just the more stupid, the better. And obviously, the more ridiculous the bet, the more ridiculous the odds, the more ridiculous the odds, the more money you win, right? But I don't need to explain betting to you guys. What I do need you to do is when you guys make this ridiculous bet, Add it to your Instagram story and just use the hashtag BrokeLads. And tag me at underscore Bradley Bishop. I'll share all these BrokeLads bets that I get. Um, and, and hopefully one day, one of the boys is going to win the most ridiculous 14-leg multi and we can have a party. Or you can buy a house. Or you can fucking, I don't know, dude, buy a car. Jerk off in a fucking mansion. I don't know, dude. It's your money. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, so my broke lads bet this week, I decided to try pick two try scorers from every game in the NRL. Turns out I forgot about Parramatta and Cowboys, which I'm sure you guys can forgive me for that. So with I'll run through the bet and I'll obviously run through the shit cunts that let me down. So I uh, started off with Titans and Storm. I tipped Munster and Josh Adokar. In Manly versus Raiders, I tipped Garrick and Simonson. Panthers versus the Rabbitohs, I picked Latrell Mitchell and Burton. Sharks versus Tigers, I tipped Kennedy and Dewey. Knights versus Bulldogs, I had Ponga and Best. Dragons uh, versus Roosters, I had Manu and Tedesco. Broncos versus the Warriors, I had Tessie New and Reese Walsh. So I slapped 750 on this bet, boys. 
and it would have returned $106,114.93 until fucking Garrick, Burton, Dewey, Manu, Tedescu, Tedescu, <laughs> Tedescu, <laughs> Tedesco, uh, New and Walsh kind of let me down. So fucking some, some fucking shit punting on my behalf. But that's the fucking point, boys. That's the point. It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. It might not come off, but when it does, best believe we're getting fucking on it. Uh, so quick, we'll quickly run through the footy. I'm assuming most of you can't watched it. If not, fucking here we go. Titans versus Storm. Uh, Storm too good, 34, beat the Titans, 20. Raiders versus Manly was a very fucking close game, and I felt like the Green Machine were robbed. Not because they got any rough calls, but because fuck Manly and go the Green Machine. Uh, 19, 18, Manly got up. The match of the round, dude, I was frothing at the tip for this fucking game, and it delivered. Um, Panthers 25 beat the Rabbitohs 12. The fucking West Tigers. If you go for the West Tigers, go buy yourself a six-pack and just skull them back-to-back, dude, because, you know, it's been a rough fucking existence since you guys fucking merged. Uh, Sharks 50. West Tigers, 20. Parramatta, 32-16. Roosters, way too strong for the Dragons, 40-22. And Brisbane got up 24-22 over the Warriors. And I tell you what, and what the fuck was going on when Xavier Coates grounds that ball in the last, like, fucking two minutes and the bunker's right hand is the first to touch the ball. Then the cunts awarded it a try to you and Aiken. Like, what the fuck was going on there, cunt? Fucking made me, Jesus Christ. I tell you what, my TV almost copped a fucking shoe through it. I was fucking filthy. Um, the UFC, there was some good scraps in the UFC today. Um, quickly go over it. Jared Candonier, too good for Kelvin Gaslam. I agree with the, the decision in this one. I thought Candonier uh, landed the cleaner shots, obviously dropped him a couple of times throughout the fight. Kelvin couldn't really get any... Any takedowns? He got a few, but f- he was even fucking robbed of some takedowns. I don't know what the f- what the judges were thinking. Um, Kelvin's chin. It. What? It, if you're Mexican, by by some divine reason, if you're Mexican, what's going on, bro? What's in the tacos, dude? You can hit a Mexican in the chin with a sledgehammer. He'll fall on the ground and just pop up and just fucking keep fucking bluing. Those cunts are next level. Mark Manson versus Clay Guida. A lot, I saw a lot of people online blowing up about this. Um, I had Mark Manson winning uh, two to one. So, sorry, Clay. And, dude, Clay Guida, is he, does he have untraceable meth in his system? Because he, he's been bouncing like that for, like, 30 years inside the UFC. That motherfucker's wild. Um, but I think... Uh, and obviously, I'm quickly glossing over this because I'm not a sports analyst, dude. And I tried to give some serious breakdowns before. But f- f- what's the point when you're an unathletic fucking fat damn dog who can barely fucking scratch his own back? You know, you've got to stick to your guns a little bit. You know what I mean? So I won't go too heavy on the sports breakdowns. But And forgive me if I blunder this name, but Ignacio Bermondez, that spinning heel kick that he hit Roosevelt Roberts with was 
fucking Roosevelt Roberts just woke up. That poor cunt got bodied, dude. That was fucking nasty shit. Um, bruh, that was all time. So that's, for me, definitely a performance of the night bonus. Knockout of the night for sure. Um, hopefully Dana sent that cunt home with a few extra dollary dues in his back pocket because that fucking, that kick was fucking next level, cunt. Stockton, motherfucker. Stockton. If anyone could use a slap across the chops, maybe more than a slap across the chops, it's this cunt. Anthony Caram is the shittest cunt in Australia. Uh, dude, there's a long list of shit cunts, and this guy is at the fucking helm. He's at the helm. He's the shittest cunt in Australia, this bloke, for sure. If you guys don't know who this man is, he has tested positive for COVID-19, lives in Sydney, but it's just refusing to isolate, marauding around, going wherever the fuck he wants. Before I go any further, pause this, Google this cunt right now. Give it a goog and have a look at this cunt. Have a look at this ugly motherfucker. Oh, wait, I'll give you three seconds. Got him? All right, here we go, dude. This big-eared fucking ugly cunt. Looks like he belongs on every fucking registered sex offender list in the world. When you look at this ugly cunt, you can smell the garlic sauce. You know what I mean? This ugly cunt is the reason fucking your siblings is frowned upon. If he's not the byproduct of incest, I'm not sitting in this chair talking shit. He looks like the type of cunt that would sell you a bag, then pull a knife on you and take the bag back. This guy's a real fucking... Piece of human garbage. And I hope every small business owner in New South Wales can tell him exactly how much of a shit cunt he is. I hope every morning when he wakes up, he stubs his toe. You know? I hope he gets herpes and fucking gangrene on his dick. You know? If anyone deserves a cactus straight to the eyeball, it's this cunt. Uh, maybe more. You know, I don't want to get too violent, but this bloke is fucking literal human garbage. This guy looks like the type of cunt that would sniff your chair after you got up and walked away. So yeah, Anthony Caram, you are a fucking dead set, a shit cunt. And uh, I think you deserve more than a slap across the chops. I think you deserve a fucking headbutt and a proper kick in the dick. Anthony Caram, all I can say is this, mate. Go play in traffic, all right? Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Moving on. All right, cunts, let's fucking wrap this up. Yes, sir. This is dedicated to all the mad cunts in Australia that we'd like to party with. Um, this one particular mad cunt was born in the summer of 69. This is Victorian, is the owner of the original dad bod. He's a pie-eating, VB-drinking, dart-punching fucking legend uh, who had game on and off the pitch. I'm talking about Shane Warne, motherfuckers. Uh, and, you know, we all know Warney. He's a fucking, he was a playboy. He had more women than wickets. And look up how many wickets he had and then double it because that's how many women he had. Uh, Warney was, mate... Of all the fucking legends you could get on the piss with, you'd love to get on the piss with fucking a primetime vintage Shane Warne when he was, like, just, you know, when he was the fat cunt with, like, blonde tips 
who wasn't dating Liz Hurley. We love Fat Warney. Fat Warney was the man. He's the king of spin. He's everybody's favorite spin bowler. If you like another spin bowler that's not Warney, congratulations. You're lying to me, but more importantly, you're lying to yourself. All right? Fucking wrap it up, son. Warney's the man. There'll never be another Shane Warn. He gr- he he fucking killed it in the 90s, which I'm just going to go out and say was the last last great era was the 90s. Warney is Australia's favourite scallywag. Even recently, pictures had come out of him getting his fucking meat flute played by two different birds, which goes to show at his old age, he's still fucking ripping and tearing. And that's why he's the king, baby. And he is forever in the Sash Hall of Fame. I would drink VBs and punch Winnie Blues with that cunt until the sun came up for fucking three consecutive days. Believe that. Warner, you're a fucking mad cunt. Guys, thanks for sticking around for yet another episode. You are a true disciple. The list of disciples is growing. There's the OG 12, but they multiplying out there. So um, if you haven't already, like and subscribe uh, on all your favorite podcast apps. Just go in there. Give us a rating. It can be a shit one. I don't give a fuck. Tell every, tell every cunt how shit it is. This is the shittest podcast in the world. This is the hostile gospel for a reason. You fucking dumb dogs. But if you have made it this far, congratulations, you dumb dog. Turns out you've probably got dumb dog mates, so hit him up. Call him a dumb dog and just get him to fucking tune in. And if he doesn't like it, tell him to fucking eat a whole bag of dicks. Fuck the cunt. Anyway, guys... <laughs> bit aggressive there uh anyway guys go in peace to love and serve the lord and chill until the next fucking episode brah Smoke weed every day.